I am glad to see everybody here this morning. Man, when I came up here about 10 minutes ago, I was like, oh, geez, everybody must have heard I was speaking today um, <laughs> and figured out something to do. Um, so yeah, it's great to see everybody here this morning. Uh, my name is Ryan James. I am one of the four elders at New Life. All right, as of last week, um, officially um, added Greg to the team and, of course, also added Paul and Andy to the deacon team. So exciting week last week uh, to be able to do that with great unity as a body. And so really, really um, excited for that. But, but today, um, I'm really uh, anxious to uh, continue um, out of the book of uh, 1 Peter. And um, one thing, just as we're kind of launching into 1 Peter today, if you didn't bring your Bibles or need one, there's Bibles on the back table that are free for you to take and then take home. Um, so make sure you, you take care of that. Um, one thing, um, if you know uh, anything uh, about the James family, is that um, we, we, we'll buy almost anything generic. Uh, almost anything, and, and usually, you know, just, you know, have it a lot and, and enjoy it. And so, um, and so, just as we uh, have done that, and, and I've engaged it in almost every part of our life, um, but the, the one part that maybe hasn't held quite so true, and and for you uh, math folks out there, I want you to start adding numbers. So Ben, yeah, just start adding numbers. So over the past few years, I've had multiple pairs of earbuds. Um, and so, you know, started off with, with these kind, with the wire, like maybe eight bucks for that pair, maybe, you know, 12 bucks for this pair. Maybe once in a while you get a new phone and, and you get a you know, new pair and pretty soon, you know, one ear is crackling or one ear doesn't work. Like, okay, well, then I got another new phone. And, well, let's try some Bluetooth. And so I got one pair of Bluetooth for like 12 and then another pair of Bluetooth for like 15 or 20. And it's like, man, you know, after literally after two weeks, the things are crackling. They're not connecting. One ear's on, one ear's off. It's horrible. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to go all out. And I, I spent $60.00 for these, $60, and like the sound is really good, and then after like three months, of course, started one ear on, one ear off, and you call the manufacturer, and so they're like, oh, no problem, we'll send you another pair, so you know, another pair, the same kind, and then about four months later, they start disconnecting, so that's three pair of that kind, and so just in the last couple of weeks, I've paid $100. I'm not going to take these out of the case, man. They're still working. Um, but, but about a year and a half ago, my, my, silly little girl, my silly little girl, number two, Kendall, she came to me after high school graduation. And she said she thought she was going to buy some earbuds. I said, oh, okay. I'm like, I wonder why she's even talking to me. She, and I go, well, how much, how much are they going to cost? And she, do you know, do you know how much? that this little package of, of dental floss looking, do you know how much these cost? I barely can even say it. $180. And I'm, I, I about fell off my chair. Like, for earbuds? It's like, who would ever, Ben, who would ever pay $180 for earbuds? Yeah, but how many, how Near as I could at what was my total here? 212. Yeah, 212. I paid 212. Kendall paid 180. And who's are still working? 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, so my question, uh, my question, so what is something that, that you guys never skimp on? Give me, throw some, throw some possibilities out. Products, you know, coffee, coffee, they got a second on coffee, tools, oh, there you go. What else? Toilet paper. I got, I know there's a second from toilet paper in the back row, maybe a third. What else? Tra- trash bags, that's interesting. Oh, oh my goodness, Chuck. Give me a break. He said gifts for his wife. <laughs> Moisturizer. What else? Moisturize. Right. Yeah, there we go. Running shoes. I got that one. Anything else? Haircuts. Hair products. All right. All, sort, all sorts of stuff that we don't skimp on. And so the, the question, you know, why, why is it that we don't skimp on that? Well, there's, there's two halves of, of that coin, right? There's, there's the value that, that it has to the purchaser, right? Whatever we're spending money on. Until I went through eight pairs of earbuds, earbuds didn't have a lot of value to me, right? I mean, they, they just, but then when I went on multiple runs, I had multiple phone calls, multiple everything that I was without earbuds because they were just broken. That became annoying. And so it's driven, it's driven the value of earbuds up in my life. And therefore, I've started to shell out more money. But then on the other side of the coin is I also then have a higher standard of, of what that product it needs, to, needs to kind of do to honor that purchase. And so that's that's where we're headed today with, with this passage because as we looked last week in the first 12 chapters of 1 Peter, we see where, where Peter calls the, the people that he's writing to to have a great hope in the promise of Jesus. And today, where we're headed is that, also one thing, a long time ago I had a boss that said, whenever you're doing public speaking, you know, make sure you... The, the trick is you got to tell people what you're going to talk about. You got to got to then tell people what you're actually you know you actually do it. You tell them, and then at the end you tell them what you just talked about. All right. So so where we're headed today, I'm giving you all the answers right now. So if you want to get you know everybody came three minutes ago. So if you want to leave you know four minutes later, take off because where we're headed today is that Peter gives us great direction to to get ready because we don't know what our our lives are going to be in times of of temptation, in times of, of difficulty. But he tells the, the folks he's writing to, and by extension us, to get ready. He tells us then to live holy. And then he tells us at the very end the why. The why is because we have been bought with a high price. All right, so that's where we're headed. Um, let's go ahead and, and say a word of prayer and, and ask God to lead us today. Dear Lord, we're just grateful for this morning. We're grateful for your word and that we can trust it. And we just ask that at this morning that, uh, that you would lead us and each one of us to a place of, of greater worship and greater honoring of the gift of salvation that you have given us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So if you will turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, verse 13. We're going to start there this morning. Therefore, Whenever you see, therefore, in the Bible, of course, you ask, well, why is, 
What is this there for? <laughs> it is there for because it follows up with it saying, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so, as, as we don't know, the only thing we're certain about, as we look forward to the coming of Christ, look forward to Jesus, and we look forward to a time when we attain full obedience and full revelation of Jesus Christ, the only thing we know for sure is that things aren't going to be easy. And so, Peter's very first direction in this passage is prepare your minds for action. In other words, get ready. Get ready. Things are not going to be easy. Um, the, um, some of the translations actually say, and you've probably heard this before, gird up your loins. Have you heard that term? It's kind of a weird term. Um, what, what's the loin to start off with? But anyway, if you gird up, what that meant in back in that day is that you know, even the guys wore these you know, skirt sort of looking things. And if they needed to go somewhere or do some real work, they couldn't have these things hanging down in their, in their calf area or whatever. So they had, they had to gather them up, get them up, up into their thighs area so they could actually move and they could actually work. And so that's Peter's direction here is gird up your loins. Get ready because difficult times are coming. And if you're not ready, you're going to be, you're, you're not going to have a preferable outcome. Um, one of the things that, that over the course of the last several years as as our girls have gone from this big to, to you know, what they are now as adults and, and living their lives, um, we've talked about, and I don't know, depending on who you're talking to, maybe harped on, um, kind of four, four things as you grow into adulthood. And as, then I think as we continue on into adulthood, I think they hold true. Um, there's four things, and they all start with Fs. And, and so as we keep our minds in the mode of preparation, think about these four Fs. They're faith, which is kind of self-explanatory, and the other three Fs sort of roll out from that. Faith, family, which sort of encompasses relationships, kind of generically relationships, even beyond family. Fitness, which talks about the obvious of fitness, but also health, healthy living, you know, being, um, taking care of the only body that you have and, and um, protecting it from sickness and getting yourself um, into a, a, um, a situation where you um, drive that forward. And the last one is finances. And that one sort of speaks to, you know, all things financial, whether it's job, career, work ethic, all of those things. But if you, if you boil them all down into those four things, if you, here's the thing, if, if one takes a passive approach to any of those four things, it's going to cause pain in our lives. Think about, again, faith, family, fitness, and finances. If you just let life happen to you in any of those ways, in most cases, you're going to end up with kind of spiritually thin. You're going to end up with broken relationships. You're going to end up kind of out of shape, maybe unhealthy. Um, and then lastly, you're going to probably end up no budget, maybe lack of career focus, probably in debt without a clear driver. And so those things, if you just take a passive approach and you're not, if you don't get ready, because even all the difficulty in our lives, if you boil them all down, you can probably fit them under one of those Fs. 
most of those difficulties will line up in one of those Fs. And if you're not ready and you, you don't have a mindset for action and you don't have a plan, you're about to face difficulty. A few years ago at New Life, uh, we did a, a men's study called Men's Fraternity. I'm not even sure if anybody um, is here that participated in that, but I remember um, the four tenets that stood out and they emphasized in this study, um, absolutely outstanding for men, but also outstanding for women and anyone else who hears them. And the four tenets speak directly to this point of getting ready. And they are to reject passivity. That was number one. Reject passivity. Get ready. Have a plan. Be intentional. Have your mind ready. Be alert. All of those things, sort of all those things, gird up your loins. Reject passivity. Have life. You happen to life. Don't have it happen to you. Second one is accept responsibility. Ooh. It's not the other guy's fault. Ever. It's like to own it. To own it. So, so reject passivity. Accept responsibility. Third one is lead courageously. So go do it. <laughs> Actually go do it. Reject passivity. Accept responsibility. Lead. Go do it. Actually do it. Guys, do it in your families. Men and women, do it in your families. Do it in your jobs. Grab hold of it. No excuses. Go do it. Lead courageously. And the last one was expect the greater reward. Ooh, sound familiar from, from the first 12 verses of 1 Peter. Have this great hope of Jesus. Expect his reward. But you know what? We've got life to live between now and then. And so, um, just a great directive. If you remember those things, those four F's and then the four tenets of, of men's fraternity, and we will be able and honor this directive of Peter to say, get ready. Uh, so, next we're going to move on to verses 14 through 16, if you will join me there. It says this, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who has called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. So do not be conformed to the passions. Some translations say lusts, longings, or desires for the forbidden. So this, this can cover a whole laundry list of, of sin. And it's sin, it's sin because the Bible says it's sin. But it really became sin when we became aware of the Bible, right? Did, are we really aware that sin is sin unless we've got something telling us that it is sin? The standard has to tell us when we get in violation of something. Otherwise, we're just, we're just cruising along. And so that's where when the scripture and Peter talks about when you're in your ignorance, wasn't necessarily you doing something intentionally wrong back then. You were, you didn't know, but you know what? Still wrong. Now, as obedient children, we're called as he who is holy, the person who called us is holy, we are called to be holy in all 
our conduct. How much of our conduct? All. All of it. No hall passes here. All of it. We're called to be holy. Are we going to exceed in every, every dot and tittle of that? No. Not going to, but striving for it. Striving for it. All of it. So, one of the core values that we have here at New Life is biblical authority. So there's, a, there's one major problem with biblical authority and having that as a core value as a church. And, and that thing is that, is that we, we, the Bible talks a lot about sin, and so we have to talk a lot about sin. And, and so here in this passage, when, when Peter is calling us to be holy, we have to be reminded a little bit about, okay, well, what is... What does it mean to be holy? What, what is it? And, you know, we aren't talking here. I think that word holy, a lot of us don't think about ourselves as holy or, or think about ourselves even as striving towards holiness because, I don't know, holiness maybe has a picture of some, some you know, painting that maybe your grandma had in her house with, you know, something with a, a bright shining light on top of an angel or Jesus or somebody, or, or maybe you got a picture of a, of a pope or a nun or someone who has this aura of obedience and right living. You might have that in your mind. And I'm asking this morning to push that aside. Push that picture of holiness aside and recognize that holiness is, it's an, it's an everyday. The, the word actually... Um, also is defined as being set apart, being set apart from sin, set apart as with purity. And so it's an everyday term. We can embrace that word holy and be like, God, work on me. Make me holy as you are holy. Bring me into alignment with your teaching. Bring me into alignment with your word. And so just to you know, I just thought for a moment here, I'm going to read a list here. And as soon as you hear the one that plagues you most, you just raise your hand for this list of sins. That was a joke. Man, I'll tell you what, I feel your pain, Eric. <clears throat> so, no, but seriously, um, I'm just going to, there's, anybody know, there is, I was looking this week, there's a list of 650 sins in the Bible. 650 you believe that? Uh, anyway, there's, there's a lot of them, but I was just going to share a list of, these are everyday difficulties that we have. Um, we gotta, we're going to start with lover of self, faithless, fits of anger, greedy, sexually immoral, disobedient to parents, yikes, premarital sex or any sex outside of the context of marriage between a man and a woman, Drunkenness, gluttony, evil thoughts. Check that one off the list. Theft, murder, adultery, coveting, slander, pride, foolishness, gossiping, without self-control. Hmm. Having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Those are just a list of a few sins. And... And those, those are just the start. And so we have 
We have a high calling of living in holiness. That, so just to, to touch on this today, I just want to take that first one that I mentioned and, and ask ourselves, you know, how, how can we do this? And that first sin that I mentioned was being a lover of self. And if that is an example of sinfulness, wouldn't flipping it on its end, a lover of others, be obedient? And so how is it that if, if we took that, that sin of being a lover of self, being self-centered, and flipped it to make it being other-centered, you know, how, what would that look like? And then let's go back to our, our Fs. And let's just take the family one for fun. Oh, another F. Um, the family. And so if you're a lover of others and you're working within that in your, in your family situation or friendships, another F. Um, I'll stop. So you've got, you've got the ability then to ask yourself, okay, what am I doing in those areas? You know, to become a, lovers of, a, a lover of others. How do I do that better? Are, are you asking yourself? Am I asking myself, do I know how my family and friends best feel loved, best experience love, best know that I love them? The, the book, Five Love Languages, is a great start with that. A lot of people are aware of If you're not, go find it. it, it is, it's, it's so simple, yet it's so profound. And recognizing how, how we want to, how we hear it. If we aren't speaking a dialect we can understand, we won't understand it. So are you doing that with your family, with your friends, with your, even your, your co-workers, with your kids? How about your time? You know, are, are we taking the time that it takes to foster those relationships? Are we doing things with people and for people that allow them to recognize our care for them? Speaking of, of lover of others, thinking about the, the husband and the wife relationship, how better can a husband love his wife than, than starving, than becoming disciplined in in what he is taking in with his eyes. That he is starving himself from, from looking at any other woman in, in any inappropriate way except for his wife. Starving his eyes so that, so that he has only eyes for her. And trust me, that will come across to her. She will, she will sense that and know it as you exercise that discipline of not, not looking at anything else, not looking at anyone else with, with eyes of lust, with eyes of craving. Similarly, similarly, with guys and gals both, becoming disciplined in your relational habits, the conversations that you're engaging in, both, um, both at work, at, um, in your neighborhoods, wherever, Recognizing that, that your most intimate, your most uh, depthful conversations ought to be with the person you're married to. And protecting that area of your lives. Showing them love by reserving that for them. And, and similarly for, for folks that aren't married, that these items, these, these disciplines of what you're taking into your eyes, what you're... Um, entertaining from a, a fantasy life situation that you reserve that for your upcoming potential marriage. 
So just ways that you can love and you can honor. Then also just guarding your tongue from gossip, slander, coarse joking, profanity, living holy. And then, and then from a, uh, from a uh, faithfulness standpoint, walking with the Lord. What's your time like? What are you doing with your time? Are you engaging your walk with the Lord? Are you becoming edified? Are you edifying, uh, taking part in edified activities, reading the word? Or is, is laziness, is idleness slipping in? Being active all falls into this, um, this aspect of holiness. A couple of passages support this idea and, and recognize that we don't have to do this alone. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Galatians 5.16 says, But I walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. This is not an easy thing, but, but Peter is calling us to do this through the Scripture that he um, has written. All right, so we've got this. Get ready. We've got this. Live holy. Neither of them necessarily easy things to do. But the third thing that, that Peter addresses here is really the why, and it's really the crux of where we're headed today. And that comes in uh, verses 17 uh, through 19. And if you call on him as father, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. So why? Why get ready? Why live holy? We were bought with a price. We were bought at a high price. Going back to the earbuds, what's that say about our value to the purchaser? What does that say about our, the standard that we need to live up to? The standard of, as He is holy, be holy. He has purchased us at a high price. Some translations, instead of the word uh, ransomed, Use the word redeemed. Either one of those speak to the release from bondage. And it wasn't by the paying of a little bit of money. It was with Jesus going to the cross, being beaten, being scourged, being hung on the cross, Nails struck in the most sensitive areas of his body, shedding his blood 
for us. And so that, that opening, the opening line of that, that passage says, and if you call on him as father, it's another way of saying, if you're a Christian, you've been ransomed. You've been redeemed. Your sin is paid in full. And he suffered and bled and died and God gave his only son. And for, for any of us here today that 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 is true of and we have received Christ and become a child of God, we have the, the obligation and the joy of worshiping him by getting ready for difficulty and by living holy, by living a set-apart life, set apart from sin, set apart from impurity. And he helps us. He empowers us to do that. It's not a, it's not a I'm on my own doing this alone accord. We engage in the Spirit, and the Spirit empowers us to do that. And for, for anyone that's here and listening online today that, that hasn't received Christ as their Savior, this is the message of the gospel. Sin is a part of all of our lives. And we're in desperate need of a Savior. But once we've received Christ, received his gift of salvation due to the shed blood of Jesus at the cross and his raising again, overcoming sin and death, we get the opportunity to serve him and love him and honor him with how we live, this right living. You know, once this, this purchase has taken place, there's honor in purchase. I don't know if, you know, if, if you've spent time with a, um, a rescue dog, they, they love a new owner, right? They, they walk in a different way. Or a, a, a kid who's been adopted in a new family, they love calling their parents' mom and dad and their uncles, uncles and aunts, uncles and aunts. It's like a new way that they walk and talk. There's value in ownership. They get to join a family, and you know what? They get to walk and talk and live like that family now. They had, they had, were wavering before, maybe bouncing back and forth between you know foster homes or this and that, and, and having some some confusion in their life. But when they get that forever family, they can walk tall and say, "I am this family member's name right now. I'm a." James. I'm a Hesterman. I'm a Detoma, like Paul talked about last week. You know, whatever it is, there is value in ownership. And one, one uh, thing this reminds me of, um, you know, whenever there's a new president in our country, he, he fills the cabinet, and after a few years goes by, uh, or maybe months, whatever, you know, some of those cabinet members, they, they, you know, end up leaving their position, and they get interviewed later, and generally, you know, a president needs his team to have unity with him. He's got, a, he's got initiatives to put in place. He's got an agenda, all this. And so when there comes to have discord, the cabinet members need to go their separate ways. But the term that I always hear during these interviews afterwards, that these men and women always say, I serve at the pleasure of the president. And, and when, when they no longer have agreement and unity, 
It's, they go their separate ways. But nonetheless, they, serve at, they served at his pleasure while their vision was united. And I'm here to challenge us folks this morning that we ought to serve at the pleasure of our Lord Jesus Christ. We serve him, we honor him, we worship him by being ready, by living holy, because we have been bought with a price. It's our honor to serve, to love him, and obey him. So this morning, as we, as we finish up, I've asked a couple of, of our church family members, uh, friends of mine, to come join me here on stage, because as, we, as we've been, go ahead and come up, guys. Um, as, as I've been studying this passage and preparing for, um, for this over the last few weeks, these guys came to mind. And um, by, by the, the lives that um, I've observed them, them live, by their walk with the Lord. And so um, I just wanted to, because it's something that I've observed and I've talked with them a bit about, I wanted you to hear their stories um, because I've been inspired by them and uh, challenged by them, and I'm, I'm hopeful that, uh, that you will to do. So thank you guys. Neither of them were crazy about this idea, by the way. Um, so, <laughs> but they're, both of them were so gracious um, in saying yes after um, not a lot of pleading. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, Faith, if, if you would start after you know, reviewing this passage and, and bouncing it off your story and life over the course of the past, you know, however long. Um, would, you, would you share with, with every, uh, just a few of our friends here um, where, what God has been doing in that regard? Hi, everybody. My name is Faith. Um, I have been struggling with food addiction my entire life. Um, since I was a little tiny child, I would turn to food for comfort um, it, for all kinds of reasons. And um, my weight has always been out of control. Um, and there's been several times in my life where I've lost significant amounts of weight. But about 10 years ago, um, it really started to sink in that I was a food addict, which is sin. Um, and part of my issue has always been that I linked my value to my size and my success with my weight and everything. And God needed to teach me that my value was in him, you know. Um, and so I thought as Ryan was talking that, you know, I'm nervous, so my best guide would just be to st stick to the scripture here. And it starts out with, therefore, prepare your minds for action. Um, I adopted a scripture, Romans 12, too. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. So you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, is good, pleasing, and perfect will. And that's really what my desire has been. But I didn't know how to transform my mind. You know, um, about five years ago, I lost over 160 pounds. And the weight is just a symptom of the problem, you know. Um, it's not the problem. And it took me a long time to realize that. Um, but then, um, you know, I began to put my, my hope in my 1,200-calorie-a-day diet and my hope in running and things like that. And I lost sight that my hope needed to be in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. And I fell back into my disease, into my sin, into my addiction. And it was extremely devastating 
to gain almost all of that weight back. And I couldn't stop. I was absolutely powerless to stop it, you know. And I knew that was being observed by others, but I could not stop. And so I think it was like November of 2018. Um, I just have to say before I tell you about that story that I didn't know it because I was so miserable, but God was working that whole time. You know, just like that song we sung, um, even in the valley, you're with us. You know, what the enemy intends for evil, you turn it for good and for your glory. Um, in November 2018, I was just driving in my car. I don't know, I'd probably just finished off some greasy fast food or something like that. And I just said to God, I wasted your miracle, Lord. I, I wasted your miracle. And I confess that. And I'm asking you to please do it again. Please, God. And, you know, I went on through Christmas. And Christmas was miserable that year because a food addict does nothing but gorge themselves um, at Christmas time. And um, beginning of the year, a friend asked me, um, hey, you want to do a keto diet? And God had been preparing my heart. So I said, no. I said, but I am going to press into this um, eating plan with this Christian-based 12-step program. And... Um, I have to say that, you know, it says here, be self-controlled. Any self-control that I have is not my own doing. Or I wouldn't, you know, be 43 years old and still struggling with this. I tried that long enough. I had a friend, um, a Christian sister, that told me, you need to surrender. And I said, what do you mean surrender? Of course I'm surrendered. You know, what do you mean, just give up on myself? No, I realize now that it meant I need to surrender any thought that I could do this on my own, that I had the power of strength in and of myself to do it. So, um, you know, the Lord has given me all the strength, and he, and my only hope is that he continues to give me the strength, because sin is a very real thing, you know, and it will con continue to be a battle. But my, all of my hope is in the Lord, and um, I'm very grateful for that. And I'm grateful for his grace and his blood because that's why he did give me that miracle again because I don't think I can ever wrap my mind around my value to him. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Jared, same question. Um, so a little bit of my background. I was raised in a Christian family, went to Christian school, um, had um, essentially everything given to me for tools um, to know what it was to live an actual um, Christ-centered life. Um, hang on. Uh, didn't apply any of that to myself. Um, and really just walked around listlessly for years. Um, really until about two years ago, um, at um, listening to a friend's podcast, um, they suggested another podcast from Ligonier Ministries. Um, I started listening to Renewing Your Mind by R.C. Sproul. And he was teaching on the um, story of Adam and Eve. And then um, he spoke about the picture of God's uh, first showing his grace when he came down and he covered their sin. Um, I was sitting in my cubicle at work, and I just had this dumbfounded look on my face. Um, boss comes walking out and he goes, you all right, Jared? And I go, yeah, I'm just uh, trying to figure out why my, the, uh, this Excel formula isn't working. 
which is a great excuse as long as your boss doesn't know Excel. Uh, fortunately, he doesn't, so he just said, I can't help, and walked away because I didn't want to tell him, oh, yeah, I'm being paid on the company dime, and I'm listening to a sermon. Um, but um, in that, um, it just opened up something to me of um, understanding um, what actual grace was. Um, and... Um, through that, it led me to reading a book from Sproul's Well, um, Chosen by God, which led into the book Holiness of God, which I recommend both of those um, very much so. Um, set me down a path of learning about who I was, um, my position um, in my own story, mm. and um, the work of uh, a God in that. Because um, I've always, my entire life, struggled with pride. I uh, described myself as a narcissist. It was always about me, how I looked, how I was perceived, um, and that's all I cared about. Uh, everything was for my own glory. didn't matter um, in what context it was I was working it for. Um, but um, in reading those, I mean, it just flips everything on your head. When you truly understand um, who God is and his level of holiness— it completely changed um, my gratitude mm. um, for the sacrifice of coming down on this earth. And like you said, being beaten, flesh ripped from his body, crown of thorns, mocked, spit, spit upon. Um, and then what was I doing? He had done that for me. But I wasn't being grateful for it. Um, I was one of the ones spitting on his face. And um, um, fortunately, God continuously pursued me, um, led me into getting into a D group, um, which has been immensely blessed, um, big blessing in my life. Um, even when COVID hit, uh, um, Ligon Air Ministry started to give some of their online teachings. Um, that led to me getting into a study group with a group of guys. Um, and just again, uh, I would describe myself constantly as sitting at their feet and just learning from these, these men. Um, when that ended, it was kind of like a, um, a, a time of loss for me because I just wasn't sure where to go. I was teaching for that next thing. Where am I going to learn next? And... Um, that was when, you know, we kind of reached a little bit further, deeper into the D group, and it was kind of time to start applying, going out, witnessing, um, and not, you know, standing on a, on a post in the middle of Ohio State campus screaming at people, but just actual ministry in your life, um, talking to people that you, that you work with. And it was that moment um, where I realized, okay, I've had a year and a half taking all this in, and if this is my spirit, um, and my attitude does no good if it stays within me. Mm. You know, it needs to be shown. Um, I need to model that for my children. I need That needs to be um, viewed in the relationship between me and my spouse. Um, and I need to be modeling that at co-work, as coworkers. Um, they need to see that there's something different here. Um, and so um, with that, it's just been waiting and looking for opportunities, you know, um, I, um, I've been doing a lot of studying lately on, on joy and what that, what that truly means to be a joyous uh, Christian. Um, and I want to model that because um, I think we live in a dark world that can use um, 
that light being shown to them. Very good. Well, I just want to thank each of you. Your, um, your example to me has been pushing me forward in my faith for a while. So I'm grateful just to have been able to watch, and, and I, and I um, am grateful for your testimonies, your ongoing. And I know, I know for, for each of you, continue to strive and toil um, in, these, um, in these battles. So thank you so much. Go ahead and, go ahead and take your seat as we, as we finish up. Um, so these, these stories, I, I feel like there's, there's nothing else to say. Um, with Jared and, and Faith, and, and they, they epitomize the becoming holy statement, living holy. And they don't have bright lights coming down over their head. They don't wear long, flowing anything, especially Jared. Um, there, there's... This is an everyday, every guy, every woman holiness that we're called to. This is that list of sin that if we tackle it and address it, we, we, God makes us holy. We have the value. We have been bought with a price. And when we grasp onto it, I think we heard both of them say they newly recognized the value they had, the purchase that was made and they embraced it. They did things. They found studies. They talked to friends. They got ready. They went out and they lived holy and the why was because they had the value. They were bought with the price. They were bought with the blood of Jesus. And so the question that we all face is, is the how. How do we do what they did? And to, to finish up, I have one last verse to share. It's, it's quoted, for, first Peter, actually just Peter. Peter quotes it out of the book of Isaiah to finish up this chapter. And it tells each of us where we go find this standard. What it is we can trust and where it is we can go. It's 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 24. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory is like the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. The word of the Lord remains forever. That's our standard. That's our rock. That's what points out to us what sin is, how we avoid it, and how we seek after this every day, every person holiness. This thing, this journey of life that God has us on, where we're serving at his pleasure. We're worshiping him and honoring him by living holy. And so as we as we go from here today, as, as you can see when you walk in and walk out of this place, we've got this discipleship pathway that we hold up as a church. Sunday morning, life groups, D groups. What's the commonality there? The foundation of the Word of God. 
If you walk down that pathway and seek that out as part of your getting ready and living holy process, you're going to be steps in the right direction. It's not going to be easy. He will strengthen us. He will provide the, uh, the, the pushing forward to make it happen. But the word of the God, the word of God abiding forever is where it's at. Dear Lord, we're just grateful for today, grateful for your word, grateful for your encouragement and through Peter, the exhortation to get ready to live holy because we have been bought with a price, the shed blood of Jesus Christ, not fleeting, not fading, but ever, ever so precious. So we just ask that today that we go home with a new appreciation of his shed blood for us. And if we've not said yes, receiving that free gift of salvation, God, that everyone listening today here or far away would bend their knee to Lord Jesus and say, I will serve at your pleasure. I will obey at your pleasure. And I will trust you to help me do that. Just thank you for today. Thank you for faith and for Jared and their testimony that it would encourage each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.